I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm crying. I'm just so heartbroken. Rob, do you have a tissue? I need a tissue. I'm sorry. Welcome to the Coffee and Theology Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Whitaker. I'm sorry I'm so upset, guys. It's just that, well, I thought that Starbucks was a Christian company, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. It breaks my heart. I'm sorry to be a Scrooge, honestly, but I don't know what to do. Rob, do you have any suggestions? Tim, <laughs> I, I, I'm just so upset because I thought this nation was a Christian nation. Oh, Rob, I know. It's like the world's been turned upside down. First, no snowflakes on coffee cups. What's next? I, I don't know. Oh. Jordan? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Jordan, help us. Well, sorry to disappoint, guys. <laughs> Starbucks has never been a Christian company. No! In fact, <laughs> Howard Schultz, Howard Schultz Don't is say it, Jordan. Jewish. Oh, my. The horror. Uh, he doesn't celebrate Christmas at all. Oh, my gosh. Guys, this Starbucks coffee that I'm drinking... I can feel it taking out the Holy Spirit already. Is that why you forgot to say Jesus in the opening? Yes, that's exactly oh, you're right. It's putting the Jesus out of you. Oh, uh, let's just start the episode. Let's just move on. <laughs> Your fake cry is horrendous. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Coffee, Theology, and Jesus podcast. There you go. There it is. Uh, this is I am your host, Tim Whitaker, joined here, of course, by Rob McMichael, Jordan Renault, and a good old-fashioned cup of Starbucks coffee. What are and we drinking today, Jordan? We are drinking, and I don't know if you'll believe this, but <laughs> this is Starbucks Christmas blend coffee. Wow. Wait, wait. What is that from last year? No, no. <laughs> Vintage 2015. It Whoa! Right there on there. Vintage. I don't know. Like, this is from the future. Or Are something. you sure it's not a holiday blend or anything? It's definitely yeah, Christmas, right? We do have that, too. But no, Oh, there is... it is. See? <laughs> <laughs> There's the compromise right there, Rob. Anyway. And it's well, blue. It's very good coffee. I'll tell you that much. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thanks again for listening. Um, I'm sure you can tell... Or I'm sure you know what we are referring to, especially with that amazing opening and, uh, and now with the Starbucks logo, Christmas blend controversy that's been going on. So I, guys, listen, I just want to hop right into this because I'll tell you what, I have been so fired up. I mean, I can't, anyway, we'll get there in a second. One thing at a time. You don't understand the text messages that we've been receiving the past <laughs> couple of days from Mr. Tim Whitaker. I'm sorry. I, I really couldn't help it. I was just, I, it's like a new level of, of absurdity. But let me start from the beginning for those of, the, of, of our listeners who don't know what's going on. Um, essentially, there is a, a gentleman, a pastor out there, uh, Josh, what's his last name again, Michael? Fewerstein. Fewerstein. Now, now, thank you, Jordan. Now, th this gentleman, he has been known to post some videos in the past. He is one of those guys, in fact, you've probably, see, you've probably seen him on Facebook. He had a post go viral um, called Dear Mr. Atheist that was about, you know, kind of addressing... Uh, the atheist mindset. It was kind of annoying. His voice is whatever, but the point <laughs> is, is that it, it, it went viral, and I've seen him here or there, you know, through Facebook and stuff like that. Well, he came out with a minute and a half video, and for the sake of giving him more credit, I'm not going to play the video here. Um, but essentially, it's a minute and a half video, and what he says is that he he is in front of a Starbucks, and he essentially pulls out the new Starbucks cup that is all red. And he says that, that the reason it is all red with no holiday symbols, no snowflakes or design, is because Starbucks is taking the Christ out of Christmas because they are bending to political correctness. That's his whole point. And he says that pretty much Starbucks doesn't allow their employees to say Merry Christmas, and he makes an accusation about that. He, makes, he also decides that 
um, that to respond to Starbucks, to boycott them, what he is telling his followers to do is to go into a Starbucks, and when they ask for your name, to write, well, my name is Merry Christmas. That way, they write Merry Christmas on the cup. So so that was his answer, and it was uh, hashtag Merry Christmas Starbucks is, is the movement that he, he wanted to start. You're forgetting that. He says and states, just to offend them even more, he brought his gun and yes. wore his Jesus T-shirt. That's where I was getting next. He brings a gun into a privately owned company that um, that asks people not to bring guns, um, and he wears his Jesus T-shirt just to offend them. Um, also, in the very beginning of the of the uh, the video, he says that our society has gotten so open minded that our brains, and I quote, have literally falling out of our head. That's that's the kind of of, Thank you, Chris Trager. of brain power we're dealing with here. That that our brains are literally falling out of our head as we speak. <laughs> and anyway, I, I don't even know where to start with that. But anyway, it'd be that, great to go line by line and break down the absurdity of this video. But we don't have the time. For the sake or, of time yeah. and not wanting to give it the dignity Honestly, of spending that much so, time on it. So anyway, so he starts this movement and it, it, the video has amassed 14 million views, which you can't credit everyone, meaning that, that, that whoever saw that video agrees with it. That's cer- yeah. certainly not the case. It. But the video went viral. It started trending uh, on Twitter. Um, people responded. And if you look at his face, Facebook video, people respond with agreements and their own version of hashtag Merry Christmas Starbucks on the cup. So so this is where this controversy, quote unquote, started was from this guy who's already known to be kind of one of those Honestly, he's kind of like like um, you know how, you know how, how they have like those those uh, clickbait websites. He's like that in video form. Like he just likes to stir up controversy just to get a response and views out of people to, yeah. to really, in my opinion, uh, just to kind of post or, or to puff up his own website and Facebook stuff and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so let's just refer to him as clickbait Christian. Clickbait Christian. I or 2012 Tim. Oh, 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 man. Oh, wow. I'll get some lotion for that. Thank you. I'm going to edit that part out of of the podcast. I'm going to censor it. So, Um, yeah, perhaps. Good thing I didn't have a voice like that guy. Sheesh. But um, anyway. um, We're following. Yeah, we're following. I wasn't that bad. Um, No, you weren't. um, So, Jordan, now you work for this company, don't you? Yeah, I'm a real-life Starbucks employee. So, Jordan, true or false here? Let's just start with some basic one-on-ones. True or false? Starbucks hates Christmas. False. Are you sure? Yes. Go ahead, Jordan. Well, first of all, if you want to just talk about the cups and the decoration that's on the cup, then you really have to look at the last few years to see what we actually put on there and it's not Christmassy like it's really never been like overtly Christmas if you want to consider a reindeer or snowmen and the one thing that I that I saw in an article somewhere that someone mentioned was it used to have stars on it stars which represent Christmas so clearly and share the gospel to you, those stars. I would but say that it's wintry, not Christmassy. Exactly. No, it's agree. always been non-denominational holiday decorations on a cups. I said something to my friend, Matt, uh, from my church. Yeah. And he was saying that he thought the stars, he always thought the stars kind of looked like Middle Eastern, like not at all like, I don't know, they're definitely not Star of David or anything like that. Um, Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And then also, if you looked around the store a little bit further, other than the cups, you'd see, look, oh, look, here, I have one. (laughs) A bag of coffee that says Christmas blend, not Xmas or just mass blend. (laughs) There's there's the word Christ in there. (laughs) Christmas blend. Um, oh and we're God. also selling an advent calendar in the shape of a Christmas tree. Oh my I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous. Okay, thank you. I, I couldn't, uh, listen, I mean, it's no secret. I uh, I could not agree with you more on, on any of this, Jordan. Now, the other thing that he mentions is that is that Starbucks prohibits their employees from saying Merry Christmas. Is that true, Jordan? I said Merry Christmas to every single person today. Are you fired, Jordan? No. Wow. Look at that. I should say that that that's not at all true. I actually didn't say it to anyone. But, (laughs) (laughs) no, we're not prohibited from saying Merry Christmas. We never have been. I mean, that to me is just a lie. 
that that's a lie. Yeah. That is something you say that you have. I don't no, know where you got it from. You have well, probably his head just stirred up again. Controversy because he knows that if he says that a company is prohibiting their right. employees from saying Merry Christmas, that it's going to rile up this base and get his followers all in a big tizzy because oh my gosh, a company is infringing on the God-given rights of citizens, which and again, great Americans, great Americans. That's right. He challenged great Americans first, and then of course the Christians because yeah. that definitely is the order of things <laughs> god giving american things first and then of course christians at the end um right. I, I it's so absurd i can't believe i can't believe i'm even having this discussion on a podcast with people and i can't believe that there are people who actually agree with this guy but yes jordan uh i mean i i don't know where he gets this stuff from um but what yeah it's it's truly been one of those things where I think I'm living in the twilight zone. Like I look at it and I'm like, wait a second in America, this Christian who has a pretty big fo- uh, following is using his public following to protest a company by giving them more money by going to their establishment, ordering a drink and writing Merry Christmas on the cup. And that's supposed to be the way that they get their voice heard. Yeah. Am I missing anything here in this conversation? No, but he is. Other than logic, <laughs> no. <laughs> right? There you I, go. I, I, I don't get it. So, I mean, Rob, I'm assuming that you're kind of in the same boat here. Oh, absolutely. I, I think this is absolutely ridiculous. And like we were, you, we were saying previously in the show already, it's, it's really just to get people riled up so that he gets more views, so that his website is clicked on, and... People don't understand what they're even clicking on or what they're even supporting. They don't look into the facts. I bet half of the viewers that looked at this video and agreed with it didn't look at any of the facts. They just said, hey, Josh, he doesn't lie to us, so I'm going to believe everything that he tells me. And let's go Merry Christmas, Starbucks. It's just it's, it's a great example of the worst battle ever to pick. It's it's such a terrible battle. Then he goes on CNN and he tries to defend his view. And when when the host asks him or brings up the point that well, Starbucks sells Christmas blend and they have an advent calendar and they have other Christmas things, he goes, "Well, those things just you know, a bag of Christmas blend just kind of sits on the shelf, but a cup is what you actually get in your hand." That's his argument, and and that's what that's what is so see through here. He knows that his argument is ridiculous, but because he said it, he and he's prideful, he will not give up the ground and say, you know what, it was kind of a ridiculous statement to make, and maybe I shouldn't have been so extreme on the video. Yeah. He will never say that he's wrong. He will have to defend it till the really to. Uh, really to the grave because he refuses to admit this was a really stupid thing to make a big deal about. Yeah, for it's sure. It's so dumb. Which shows that the whole movement has nothing to do with Jesus and everything to do with Josh. Yeah. Because if it was about Jesus, he would say, no, you know what? I was wrong. I'm not representing my Lord in the right way. Therefore, I'm going to freely admit I was wrong on this. Forgive me, please. Exactly. I mean, and people are, you know, people could say, well, you guys are being pretty harsh on this guy. Yeah, the reason why is because somehow this guy is speaking for me because I, li- I label myself a Christian. And on my Facebook earlier, a couple people were posting and they, you know, I, I, I wrote about this and they, uh, two of them said, you know, Tim, you're really harsh on the church and on Christians and you're really bashing this guy and you really shouldn't be doing that. And why are you always so harsh? Well, it's so simple. Because guys like this are speaking for me and they're speaking absurdities. They're speaking absolutely ludicrous. And I don't want people speaking on behalf of me for things like that. So my job is to separate myself as soon as possible from the crazies and say, you know what? That guy's a little crazy. He's probably a brother. I'll probably see him in heaven one day. But down here, we're going to disagree on a lot. And I'm separating myself as far away as possible now because I don't want to be lumped in with this guy. I just have no desire to be there to be lumped in. And some, uh, some other people made the point of, well, Tim, you're kind of making a big deal here about nothing. Or why are you making a big deal when no one cares? Well, as you pointed out, Jordan, 14 million people watched the video. Yeah. 14, or there were, there were 14 million views, we'll say. Plus. So, 14 yeah, million plus. plus. Yeah. Exactly. It might and be 15 now. It was trending on, on Twitter for a while. So people obviously care about this. And the reason why I'm making a big deal out of it is because someone made a big deal about a red paper cup. 
That's why I'm making a big deal out of this because that's how ludicrous this is and it has to be brought up to the public's attention so we can say as Christians, this is nuts. This is absolutely crazy town over here. I'm I'm getting as far away as possible now and this guy does not represent my views on how Christians are to handle themselves in the public light. Yeah, I really feel like us even talking about this on the podcast is not in response to what he actually said in the video. It's really just a response to how ridiculously big it got, like, online. Like, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, you saw what I posted earlier on Facebook about um, just, I actually, I shouldn't did the math my calculator app did the math and it's literally like eight thousand over eight thousand days that people have spent watching this video collectively oh my it's gosh. ridiculous when you think about the amount of time that that really is and the amount of time that we could have spent doing other things that actually matter like right that's why it's a big deal to me and that that's why it offends me what this video offends me because not because even as a starbucks employee and and as a Christian, you were saying, like, I should be offended by this, but I really don't care. I care that he's taking up way too much time. <laughs> right. You know, we're giving him way too much of our time. Right. I just, I'm just, again, I just can't believe that people have been defending this guy and getting mad at people like us and say, well, you're just being divisive. No, 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 no. Oh, stop right there. This guy is being divisive. He comes on Facebook, right, says this this crazy stuff, and then you're getting mad at me when I call it out as craziness. That's what is so baffling to me is that people get it. They start saying, well, Tim, you're, you're tearing down the church or you're being divisive or you're being this or you're being that. And I'm just saying, listen, I'm not being any of that. I'm calling out what has already been said. I'm not, I'm not making this up in my head and saying, listen, here's why I'm angry at this guy because he, he – you know, I'm not making this up in my head as, as if it's some imaginary story, and I'm not putting words in this guy's mouth either. These are words that he said and that people responded to and have agreed with. I mean I've, I saw that video shared two or three times on my Facebook in agreement with him yeah, on my too. personal Facebook saying that's right. No, that's not right. That's crazy. And I, I know I'm saying crazy a lot because that's the only word I can think of. That's lunacy. That's another word. And I can't find any biblical... Regular thesaurus thothor- thothor- over here. <laughs> you can speak. I can't talk. <laughs> um, it's, there, there, there's just no room in scripture for it. Now, one thing that, that this guy, this gentleman, Josh, I was watching one of uh, one of his, like he has like a 20-minute video that, that he starts doing some kind of like series. He's, he just started. And one thing he started talking about was how um, they got into the subject of, of Christ and culture and two of his co-hosts and one of them said, well, the gospel's offensive um, and that Jesus is offensive and the cross is offensive. So that's why culture is always offended by us. And I'm thinking, I'm like, first off, that's really a distortion of that, even that term. But um, that's, that's such a backwards way to look at it because that gives you in your head a right to offend people. It, it, it gives people, okay, well, listen, the cross is already offensive, so I'm just going to be more and more offensive because, well, it's already offensive. So if you're offended, that just makes sense. It's such a backwards logic, and it wins no one. That's what's so ironic here is that people are not coming to repentance of Jesus. The gospel is not being preached because this guy brings a gun into Starbucks and says, let's prank Starbucks together because they're taking the quote-unquote Christ out of Christmas. But this all ties back to the root cause of of really your theology, which we're going to get into, I know, with you, Rob, in a little bit, but also how you view the culture. If you view the culture as, as a Christian nation that has departed from God's commands, then it would make sense that you're up in a tizzy over this. Um, in fact, that's what Matt, you know, Matt Walsh wrote a blog response to, to to this whole thing, and he agreed, which I agree with him completely, that that the whole that this whole thing is crazy. I mean, it's it's absurd. But he brings up the point that, in typical Matt Walsh fashion, he starts blaming the quote unquote liberal biased media for stirring the pot more after this video was released and making it a bigger deal than it really was, which of course, in my opinion, is not true because like you said, Jordan, he has 14 million views already and he said it. He said something crazy. I would pick that up and share it if I was a news outlet. Yeah, that was what they were doing. They were saying, hey, this is getting, this is trending on Twitter. If we post this on our news site, we're going to get clicks. So please hurry up and post this. Exactly. Exactly right. right. But somehow <laughs> that got spinned into, well, this, this is just the big, bad liberal media trying to make a few minority Christians speak for us. And I'm saying, no, we're letting those Christians speak for us. We should be the ones vetting them out. It's kind of like the logic. And I heard this a lot um, when um, – when, um, 
extreme Islam was really a big, well, it still is obviously an issue, but it, when it was really big stateside, a lot of conservative pundits like Hannity and Limbaugh, they would say, well, if, if, if Islam is such a religion of peace, where are all the Islamists who are speaking out against, you know, all these extremists? Well, in bringing, bringing that same idea to our context here, I want to know the re- where are the Christians who are saying this guy's crazy and he should be out. You know, we're gonna we're gonna vet him out on our own right we're, here on this yeah, podcast. I was, say, I was gonna say the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm right here, <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of us. In fact, I, I would yeah. I would agree that we were in that we're probably in the majority. Um, but, I would hope so. Yeah, I would hope so too. But anyway, just to kind of make make my point, you know, people like to spin this any way any way that they can. Matt Walsh blogs about it. He says a lot of things that I agreed with, and he goes right down the political rabbit hole of this is the liberal media's fault because they spun it out of control, which is total malarkey. Um, and then you have other people who are saying, well, why are you tearing this guy down and being divisive? And I'm thinking, this guy's this guy is being divisive. I'm resisting him being divisive. That's what I'm saying here. Yeah. Um, but my question is, like, where do we go from here? What do we do? I mean, hey, if Josh, if you're listening, Josh, you are more than welcome to come out on the show. I will gladly have a dialogue with you. As a brother in Christ to another brother, I will. I will challenge you. I'm sure you'll challenge me. But if you're listening, you're more than welcome to come on. I doubt he is, but <laughs> if he not. is. Yeah, well, who knows, all right? Matt Walsh, same thing goes with you. You're more than welcome to come on the show. I will gladly have you on. Once For I figure sure. out the technology to use Skype and record it well, which I don't know how to do. So <laughs> We'll figure that out there on the show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> We'll make good. a point. But my, my question, guys, is where do we go from here? How do we respond to, to the Joshes of the world? And... W- what is in this case for as for us as Christians? What's the Christian response to another brother who's yeah. like this? Well, I have to say too, be, just before we get all onto another subject, not I mean, not we're not completely changing subject, but before we go there, just that like it's crazy how much that we as Christians, and this is kind of like an ongoing thing, and, and maybe I shouldn't say we, but how some Christians take this whole. They're taking Christ out of Christmas. They're, yeah, they're destroying the faith. You know, they're doing this. And when it was never even intended, like, I don't know, Christmas to me, like the way I see our country celebrate Christmas, it's not a Christian holiday. It's it's a corporate holiday. Yeah. You know, it's a holiday where corporations make a lot of money. You know, Black Friday which is shopping for Christmas, like right. is what brings corporations back yeah. into the black in their in their uh, money. And it's crazy because you look at the Bible, and I was looking at this today because I was just really curious um, what it actually says. And there's like basically 49 or 50 commands that Christ gave to his disciples, like do this, do this, do this. Okay. And none of them have anything to do with celebrating his birthday. <laughs> like seriously, mm. it's not even in there like at all. So, I mean, it's great that we can get together and celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. I love being able to do that. And I love that that's a time of year when people can certainly be more open-minded and have more open hearts to hear the gospel and could come to know Christ. And that's amazing. But when you look at like Jesus's blueprint for advancing the kingdom of heaven, it has nothing to do with Christmas. You know, like he never said, have a once a year holiday where people will listen to you and it needs to be all about me and you can buy each other a lot of gifts. Also, you know? make sure that that make sure that the culture you live in celebrates it as well. Exactly. No, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. He said, you know, here's communion. Do this in remembrance of me. He didn't say celebrate my birthday in remembrance of me. Absolutely. He said communion. Yeah, it's right in the <laughs> you money. Know? And it's like, if it's, it's, like I said, Christmas is great. And for, if celebrated for the right reasons, it's amazing. But there's 49, at least, other things that Jesus told, actually told us to do that we should be putting a lot more time and effort into than making a point to celebrate Christmas, in my opinion. And I think that's one of the one of the things that it really gets to me about this video is the reason so many people shared it and so many people watched it is because we're not informed Christians. We we don't look at what somebody says and compare it. What does what does the Bible say about this? What does Jesus say about this? What does my Lord say about this? And then decide whether we're going to follow that or not. We just say, "Hey, this is a man. He says Christ and Jesus and Merry Christmas. Let's follow him." And we're letting that person speak for us. Um, yeah, I mean, Jordan, that's 
Uh, it's it's such a good point, um, and I couldn't agree with you more because, like you said, it's not it's not a commanded thing. It's something that we made up. It's not a bad thing to do. I mean, right. let, make no mistake, celebrating the birth of our Savior is a great thing. But let's also be realistic. Most of the Christmas holidays that we, or I'm sorry, um, most of the Christmas traditions that we do have almost nothing to do with Jesus. Right. A Christmas tree is not a bad thing, but it has zip to do with the gospel. Exactly. Not giving presents, not a bad thing. Zip to do with the gospel. Shopping on Black Friday. I would argue maybe not, not, not a wise decision, uh, but <laughs> but the point is, though, zero but to do reindeer. with the gospel. <laughs> yeah, but reindeer, exactly. <laughs> the holiday season, I'm a big holiday guy. I love the holidays. I love being with family. I just love, it's a good time of reflection for me. It's a good time yeah. to remind myself of what really is important. Thanksgiving, it, it's just one of those days where, where you just really think back to what are you grateful for? Those are important things. But let's not muddy the waters and start saying that, well, no, these are ex- exclusively Christian ideas. Being thankful is not exclusively Christian. Being being uh, giving is not exclusively Christian. Having a Christmas tree is a Christmas thing. I know atheists yeah. who celebrate Christmas. Founded in pagan tradition. <laughs> right. Now, that's not saying, and I want to reiterate, that these things are bad. But right. when we start saying, well, the Christmas tree was taken down, Christ out of Christmas. That is right where you got to stop right there. Because at that point, you've just bridged two worlds together that have nothing to do with each other. Except... except for in your head because you believe what other people tell you because you heard your pastor, in this case, this pastor, he's a pastor, by the way, might I add, um, out of some church. I cringe. I cringe. I I mean, where's where's (laughs) the theology? I mean, dude, if you're a pastor, I'm assuming that I'm assuming that you're in the word. Please show me where you're getting this kind of logic and rationale. I don't understand it. One other thing I want to hit as well in the same vein is also this point. Why is it bad to say happy holidays when a lot of people celebrate different holidays around this time of the year. I mean, where I work, I get a very diverse group. I have a lot of Indian people who come into my store. I have a lot of Asian people who come into my store. I have a lot of Hispanic. I have a lot of African-American. A lot of them celebrate different holidays. I have a lot of Jewish people who come in. I say happy holidays because it is a great way to kind of cover, hey, whatever you're celebrating, I hope it, I hope you have a great time doing it. Right. Not because I want to take the Christ out of Christmas, yeah. because I'll tell you what, during this time of the year, other people who are different than us a.k.a. different than Christians, celebrate different things. I know that is so mind-blowing to some you know, Orthodox Christians and to some conservative Christians in our culture, but it's a true statement. People celebrate different things, and that is perfectly okay. There is nothing wrong with simply saying, listen, have a, hop- ha- have a happy holiday. You're a customer in my store. I, ha- I didn't have time to figure out what you're celebrating, so have a great holiday. Whatever you're doing for it, I hope it's great. What is so wrong about that? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's like... First of all, Christmas is only one day. Like, if I say Merry Christmas, sure, it's the season, like the Christmas season. But if saying Happy Holidays actually seems more accurate, unless it's actually Christmas Day. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I'll say Merry Christmas on Christmas Day to everybody. But, you know, two weeks before Christmas, it's Happy Holidays because there's six holidays going on right now. And something that you said on a little more serious note that made me think of, because you said he's a pastor, he must be in the word, or you would hope that he is. And I would say that I feel like we'd probably be surprised if we actually looked at, and this kind of goes back to what Rob, you were saying too, um, about the importance of theology. And I really think that there's this a large movement and some really prominent pastors and churches too. And I was talking to my brother, Jesse, about this um, a couple weeks ago. And just this, there's, there's different types of theology and kind of the, like the lowest on the totem pole is this idea of like experiential theology where pretty much your entire theology or your, your idea of God and your study of God is completely based in just your experience and what you do. And I feel like we'd be surprised how many pastors there are out there and with huge followings that that's really the entire basis of their theology is what they experience, what maybe what they learned in Bible school somewhere, but it's not based in like a deep, strong uh, study of the word of God. And yeah, I mean like, 
that's really sad well, <laughs> and scary well, sometimes. Well, I mean, you know, I can imagine people listening to this and saying, well, you guys are really judging this guy really hard, and the Bible says don't judge, which, of course, in proper context, what we're talking about is another brother and a teacher who is held to a much higher standard, and that's very clear. But I also want to mention here that the reason why we're being so harsh is because if you're claiming to be a pastor, especially in our culture, what you're claiming is that you have devoted your life to really living a, a spiritual life as much as possible. I mean, that, that, that's really what, that's what it tells people in our culture. When they say, oh, you're a pastor? I mean, how many, how many people do we know that when they're around Jerry and they find out that he's a pastor, they say, oh, I'm sorry for cursing in front of you. You know, they, they right. have like this, like, this like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize, realize I, was, I was in the presence of, of such a holy person. They have like this complex. And, and right or wrong, right or wrong, that's how it's perceived in our culture. So when I hear a pastor who calls himself Pastor Josh make a video about a red paper cup that that holds a five dollar latte and how it's not it's not Christian enough because it's just red and there's no snowflakes on it. It of course makes me really question his theology and his belief system because I'm thinking, okay, you're a pastor, which which means that you at least claim to spend a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of time studying the word and knowing the heart of Jesus and to understanding the concepts and context that most people don't understand of the Bible, and yet you found it logical and rational to make a video like this with the solution of pranking a privately owned company by, number one, writing Merry Christmas on a cup, number two, bringing, bringing a gun into their establishment, and number three, wearing a Jesus t-shirt to quote-unquote really stick it in their face. What kind of theology do you believe where this is, is, is a good idea and a good representation of Christ? That's why I'm, I'm nitpicking here, because yeah. it's, it's, it's very difficult to see where he could be coming from as a Christ follower. Yeah, and I think another one of the things that's really going on today is uh, Christians have this need to force their morality on people that aren't Christians. I don't know what, what it is about Christians today, but they say, I'm, I look at the Bible and I'm supposed to live up to this standard that Christ has on my life. So that means everyone around me needs to live to that standard too. No, they don't, because they don't have Jesus as their Lord. They've never accepted him. They don't have a personal relationship with him. So we really can't force our morality onto America. We can't force our morality onto private organizations. We can't force our morality even onto our friends. What we can do is live our morality, live our life for Christ so that people start to wonder, why are you living this way? Why are you seeking to do these kind gestures? Why are you seeking to tell me about this person that can save me? Well, it's because I have a personal relationship, and I want to share that with you. I want to share what I have enjoyed about Jesus with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we're definitely going down that road of, of, of a lot of things that we talked about, of just that moral policing of the world that, once again, you can't find any strong biblical basis for. People will say, well, Tim, we're called to be the salt of the earth. Yes, exactly, the salt the salt, not the annoyance, not the, the pepper. <laughs> we're called to be the salt of the earth, which means that we're called to preserve. We're called to, to really just spread the love of Christ like crazy by the way we live our life, not by, by, by making moral judgments in our Senate and having them write laws that are, are quote-unquote biblical and moral. That's, not, that's nowhere in Scripture. It's all about how the Christian lives his life and how that is a testimony of the risen Christ inside of him. So I mean, it, it is very difficult to, yeah. again, like what you said, Rob, it's just very difficult. I think a lot of it stems from just the fact that we're still selfish sinners. You know, like, I mean, even if we, even someone that actually has a relationship with Christ, like it's still easier. I'll use me as an example, because why not? Um, it's still easier for me to lay blame on society or the culture and try and, take as much responsibility off of me as the individual Christian as possible because it's easier and because, you know, I, it's more comfortable for me to live my life that way. Like, we don't want to take responsibility as individual Christians for how we represent Christ to the world. We want the government to do it for us, or we want our pastors to do it for us, or we want, you know, our church programs to do it for us. And that's not the way it was meant to be. It was meant to be us going out into the world as individuals, as individual followers of Christ and being Christ to people. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, I want to get back, though, to our, our question I asked about a couple minutes ago. Um, how do we deal with guys like, like Pastor Josh? How do we – what is – the Christian response to a Christian like that. What do we say to him? How do we respond? And is there a solution for it? That's what I'm trying to figure out now because the damage is done. He can't untake any of that. It's on the internet. It's going nowhere. He can delete every video that he has on his Facebook account and YouTube. Someone sells a copy of it and will continue to spread it. So, so the damage is done. But what do we say to guys like that? I think there has to be some sort of public rebuke from the Christians that are around him and says, this is not okay, this is not acceptable. And like we said at the beginning of this show, it would be great if he would post some sort of response and says, you know what, guys, I'm sorry I posted that video. I'm sorry that I represented Jesus in a wrong way. That would be the best case scenario, is the Christian culture comes around him and says, that's not okay, you can't speak for us, now make it right. Uh, it's the same kind of thing whenever, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the Joel Olsteins of the world start speaking on behalf of Christians. A lot of Christians are very quick to point out, no, 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 no. Joel Olstein's a whole different brand of Christian that most of us don't even agree with. So I agree with you, Rob. Where is that that public? I mean, where are the – I mean, maybe they're there. I don't know. But where are the John mm-hmm. MacArthur's? You know, where are the, uh, uh, the Francis Chan's? I mean, this should be a unified listen – this is not anything that we affirm in our faith um, as a way to respond to culture things that either we wrestle with or that we don't agree with. Listen, Josh is more than welcome to have his opinion. There's nothing wrong with him having that view. It's up to him. It's, it's, between, it's between him and God. The issue is when you claim to be a teacher and you use your pulpit for such a ridiculous thing to rile up people. I mean, there was a video of a guy who, or a picture of a guy who did what he did. They brought it. He brought a gun into Starbucks. He hit it, and he had him write "Merry Christmas" on the cup. I mean, that's what's happening. People are bringing now more firearms into yeah. Starbucks. I, that is, it's it's not. There's so there's so much foolishness in that video that that I agree. There has to be a public rebuke saying listen brother man we we're gonna we hand you over here until you repent because this this is just not okay with what you did it was a terrible use of really of your of your audience so um i agree with you but i mean do you think he'll listen or do you think i mean obviously uh, this this podcast i doubt he's listening to it i doubt he's going to hear it um but do you think that that he has people in his life who are telling him dude this was just a really dumb idea well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. No, like, yeah, I think when it comes to other Christian leaders that are out there in, you know, maybe more prominent people, like you're saying, that could speak out against this, I really hope they do, you know, if only to their own congregations. Um, but I understand that we're not necessarily going to see that response go viral, you know? Yeah, right, um, right, right. Which right. is fine. But on the other hand, like, yeah, I, I really hope there's people around him, even in his congregation, that could call him out on this. But honestly, if there's not, like if he hasn't put people around him that are going to hold him accountable, um, and if there's not someone in his church that's going to speak up and say that, uh, if it's just a bunch of people following everything he says, like honestly, I don't have much. Like I, I, I don't see that church going anywhere yeah (laughs) you know like maybe i i don't know i've just seen inexperienced in the past that like churches like that that follow one guy blindly and a guy that doesn't have any sort of um accountability around him like it doesn't end well yeah, I mean it, it's definitely a possibility. Um, it's it's hard because you don't want to be you don't want to start judging motives that, that 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 you're never gonna know. But also based on what you see on, or on what he presents himself as as a public figure, it's safe. It's it's fair to make those judgments off of what you see. It's not like we're looking at Francis Chan and, and saying, oh, this guy's a terrible person because of you know. It's not like we're judging his heart off of off off of nonsense. We're judging it off of what he himself 
puts out there. If Francis Chan was making videos like this, I'd probably have the yeah. same exact response to him, but he doesn't. Francis Chan is too busy in third world countries and starting up home churches in, in California, yeah. you know, and feeding the poor and really concerned about about the heart of people than to post such silliness and make in a really bad attempt to go viral. In fact, Francis Chan made uh, wrote a book with his wife that's amazing about yeah. marriage and put it out for free. And anyone who bought the book, he donated the money to charity. Those guys don't go viral. I get that. But it's safe for me to judge his heart on that as well. Well, Francis must be a really, you know, um, I would just say spiritually charged guy who takes the gospel incredibly seriously and wants to do his best to live that way. So it's safe to make – we always make judgments off of off of the public spotlight, off of how people present themselves. So it's fair to make the judgments because this guy has willingly put himself out there in more ways than just this. I mean he was the same guy who apparently – I haven't seen the video, but from what I've heard and how people allude to it, you know, has, has a gun in his hand and is talking a, 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 about the gay agenda and how we have to fight back. I mean there's a lot of videos this guy has that – Right. It's not just the one. Right. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not like it's one lone <laughs> video and he had a bad day. This guy has a track record of being um, purposefully uh, inflammatory towards mm-hmm. all different kinds of people and getting a rise out of them and kind of profiting either either like like fame wise or or uh, or money wise, however he chooses to, I guess, off of that. And that is the problem: is that we're letting this guy speak for millions. Of Christians, and I don't want him speaking for millions of Christians because <laughs> a, I don't think he represents us fairly as a whole, no. um, and he definitely does not represent the Jesus and the faith that we know at all as a whole. It's very important about that. It's the same reason why why all three of us are not big fans of Joel Osteen because we don't think he represents the gospel very well at all. So we are public and we are vocal about how that's not really uh, his theology. Is, his theology is, is a little shaky, frankly. I would say the same thing about Josh as well. Yeah, so two things that kind of relate. The first is um, when you look at Jesus Christ and his dealings with people and the culture that was around him in his day, he didn't go around preaching that, you know, we need to end this treatment of women in this culture. Uh, Women are so oppressed. He didn't go around talking about slavery and how bad slavery was. What he did was go and change hearts. And those changed hearts, as a result, if you look through... Slavery, even in our country, Christianity had a big, a big part of getting rid of that. And it wasn't because we were uh, going to, through the government and getting rid of it. It's, it's because it was changing hearts and changing minds. And that's how Jesus called us to live, is not to go around and politically change the world, but to change hearts, to have people come to Christ on that basis, not because they were politically forced or coerced to, uh, to our morality. Well, yeah, but it eventually the 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 politics re- represents the people, like slavery. I mean, slavery sa- slavery at one point was abolished through law, but you're right. saying that a lot of it started in the hearts of men, exactly. and then it, it trickled up instead of trickled down. Is that the idea that right. you're saying behind it? I mean, uh, Rob, you brought up a good point earlier, and then we have a few minutes left before we we wrap up. I want to hit. Um, you were saying um, off air about how important it is to know theology or to have a solid theology because the theology you have dictates how you perceive and how you act in the world that you live in. Um, so I want to kind of get your thoughts on that because you, you mentioned that, but you, you didn't go into great detail. Are you essentially saying that that really as a Christian, any Christian out there listening to this podcast or ourselves here, it is so important to know um, just even basic Christian theology? I would say absolutely yes. We're we're called to to be able to know the word and give an answer for what we believe. We can't give an answer for what we believe if we haven't been studying what it is that we believe. We have to know what we believe and why we believe it. We have to know basic things about God that aren't aren't surface things. Like the Trinity isn't something that's actually labeled in the Bible. Nowhere does it ever say the word Trinity. However, we believe in a triune God because of the evidence that's throughout Scripture. And those are the kind of things that we need to be able to defend. And those are the kind of things that when we look at what Paul taught, when we look at what Peter um, taught through Acts, when we look at how Paul uh, commanded Timothy and those in Ephesus and Colossae and Corinth, these are very basic but very, very deep truths that we really need to get a hold of because that affects how we live our life. It's not just, uh, oh, great, we're obtaining this head knowledge, but even Paul tells them, okay, I'm giving you this doctrine, 
But then there's always the chapters after it that says, this is how the doctrine practically applies to your life. And he tells them, now go on and live this truth. And that's how we need to treat the Bible, that yes, there is a lot of deep truth in it, and we have to study, but it's not just for head knowledge, it's for practical application. How is this going to affect our lives? And this is a great example of someone whose theology is affecting how they live their life. Yeah, and then I'd say too, like it, it provides a really good check against things like this because I mean the Bible talks plenty about and I don't I don't want to be too quick to to rush this judgment sure. about like false prophets and stuff right but it right. does and like that's it and it says like that's you're gonna need to be prepared to recognize that and to not be swept up in it because those false prophets they're not going around saying things that like are going to turn people off to them. They're saying things that are going to gather a following, and you have to really know what the Bible says and what the Bible means in order to combat against that. Right. You know, like I've heard this example used a lot of times, and it's a little bit almost cliche at this point. But like when the people that like uh, police like our currency and stuff, when they're looking out for forgeries and and fake money. Um, they don't study fake money to know what fake money looks like. They study real money to know what real money looks like. So they'll obviously spot a fake like that. Um, and that's kind of it's kind of the same idea. Like in order to spot like the false prophets, if you, if you want to say that, um, or just the the bad theology, you know, just like just bad teaching, um, wherever it is, even if it's not intentional. Like we're called to be able to. Um, to be able to see that. And that's really what it takes is having um, a good grasp on what the Bible actually says about these things. Well, I mean, that, that's a, that right there, there was the trick because in one sense, of course, I agree with you guys. And even just a general understanding of the Bible um, is so important to have on the other side of it. Um, welcome to the great Christian, the great Christian faith, because these have been issues that have been discussed and people have been divided over uh, since the beginning of the Reformation. I mean, the Reformation was really built on the principle of, well, I don't see it that way. I'm starting my own island over here. That's what right. it was started on. I mean, it started with Luther, uh, with, with Luther and uh, I believe his name was Zwingli. Uh, they were the first two to really have a huge divide. Uh, I think it was it was actually over communion, um, and they and and uh, and uh, it's. Z-W-I-N-G-L-I, I believe, Zwingli. He started his own kind of church, and Luther started his own church, and that was like your first you know, Protestant separation. And since then, here we are, and we get to the point where we say, well, I interpret this differently, so I'm going to start something else. Now, that, that could be a good thing and also a bad thing, um, but that is the trick here is that these are tricky waters to navigate um, because, frankly, a lot of this, not all of it, but a lot of stuff is up for some level of interpretation, uh, is up for ambiguity, and there is a safety net there because it's not compromising the core of the gospel. In fact, Rob, when we had Dan on the podcast last week, we discussed quite a few things that uh, all three of us didn't always see eye to eye on, but these were things that were flexible inside of the Christian faith. So a guy like Josh, I, I, I don't really doubt his salvation or I, I, I don't doubt him as a, as a quote-unquote Christian, but I do seriously doubt how he interprets the Bible and, and how he reads it through, through a, like a, a Christian um, conservative worldview that affects that because it's, he's kind of riddled with that theology all over the place. So there is definitely a line there where, like what you said, Jordan, that like false prophet, heretic level, and then someone who is just like, listen, dude, I, I'm not going to say you're a heretic, but this is just crazy talk. Uh, and, and the way you're handling yourself is so just absurd. But that's where I get stuck is is what do I do about it? Or is there even a, a, is there a place to land safely in that middle ground? I, I really don't know. Just to go back to what you were talking about, Jordan, about false prophets, I, I often think and I go back to the Garden of Eden where Adam was given a commandment. Eve was never given that commandment. So Adam gave that commandment to Eve because she wasn't there when God gave Adam the commandment. And so the serpent comes to Eve, and he comes with half-truth. He comes with a little bit of what God said, but he adds a little bit to it as well. And it's the same thing that false teachers are doing now. They're coming with a little bit of truth so that they get your ear, but then they come in with the other things that hath God really said? Did God really say this? And that's where... 
as you were saying, we have to know the scripture. We have to be able to defend it. And the hardest thing is to defend half-truths because we have to sever what is truth from what is not truth. And that's one of the big difficulties and why we really have to know our Bible. Yeah, I mean, and kind of what I was trying to say, too, about just, like, knowing theology and having a grasp on theology, um, definitely you can get into, like, different interpretations, and I have a comment on that, too. But really kind of like what I was saying was just that, like, when something like this comes up, like, yeah. are you going to seriously be duped by something this terrible and ridiculous? Right. And there's plenty. I'm not going to say 14 million because, like you said, those views right. don't mean that right. everyone agrees with him. Um, mine doesn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So, but there's still a lot of people, like you said, there's people that posted that video on your page in agreement with what this guy was saying. And I saw a couple of people too show up in my feed. Yeah. And it's kind of like, really? Like, have you, have you read your Bible? Like, do you know at all what Christ says about how we're supposed to interact with our culture and with the people around us? Um, and that's what I feel like even just having a basic grasp on that is so sure. important because it weeds out the ridiculous stuff like this. Right. And I feel like if, if people, church-going people, and I'll say that rather than Christian, nationwide had a better grasp on that, I think things like this wouldn't be as quick to go viral. And the other thing I'll say, too, just real quick. Of course. Um, when it comes to... Uh, biblical theology and interpretation, something that somebody said and to me once and that has really stuck with me and I think is really important when we're talking about interpreting the Bible is that, yes, there are people that are going to interpret Scripture differently, and there's different interpretations of that, but there was only one intention when the Bible was written. God didn't write the Bible with different interpretations in mind. Like, right. he wrote it with one intention, you know, it does mean one thing. Tim's making faces. Well, we can definitely discuss this on a future podcast because we only have a few minutes left here. But uh, I, I would definitely challenge that for sure. But that will be for a different time. And you have to understand, too, that what I'm saying is is not that. I mean, there's certainly times where he gives us option in Scripture, like uh, to how we're going to respond to something. That's not what I'm talking about. Sure. I'm talking about when God says something he means one thing by it. He doesn't mean multiple things, you know? Yeah. He doesn't mean two different opposing things. He can't because right. he's God. He can't, Definitely. He can't contradict himself. No, I, I hear what you're saying on that, and I think that would be a great... Uh, I mean, that, that's really a whole other can of worms, which I would sure. love to get into. Um, but really quick, just two things I want to hit briefly. Um, Rob, you made the comment of of that, that half-truth kind of thought, which... <laughs> First off, is amazing because once again, this guy in that video says, "Well, Starbucks employees can't say Merry Christmas." That's not even a half truth. That's just a whole lie. Right. I mean, that's, it's, it's a, just, that's a blatant it's, lie. Yeah, but yeah. the other thing is, and I didn't mention this. He goes on CNN, like I said earlier, during the whole interview with CNN, his audio was cutting out. It, it wasn't working since the very beginning. Whenever his opponent would speak, he couldn't hear what, what the guy was saying, and it was obviously a very frustrating thing. And I understand that, but it was clear that they were having technical difficulties. Well, towards the end of the segment. Um, Josh brings up Obama um, something about about how Obama had to pretend to be a Christian to get elected because that's how many Christians are in America as he's saying that the other guy interrupts him and, and Josh's mic cuts off like it was the whole time before this anyway well I saw an article posted by Josh and he says CNN cuts off my audio after I mentioned Obama uh, that's a great example of a half truth. Like, yes, the audio got cut out, but not because you were talking about Obama, but because they were having technical difficulties from the very beginning of the segment. It wasn't a matter of censoring you, but the way he positioned it was, oh, yeah. I got censored because I mentioned Obama. That is a great example of just a half truth that really equals, in my opinion, a whole lie because it's right. so misleading. Um, so that was the one thing I wanted to mention. The other thing I think I, I, I forgot about already, so it couldn't have been that important. But um, <laughs> Prize on the guys. Said. Yeah, probably something you said. I, I just disagree with and couldn't wait to rebuttal, but now I forgot it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I just, yeah, uh, I sometimes I just don't have words because I, I really feel like I'm dreaming. I can't believe that this is a discussion. I can't believe we took an hour of our time to podcast about this, but Let it this needs be to be talked it. about. Yeah, no, I agree. Let this be the end of it, but it needs to be talked about because you have to respond to things like this. And you have to say, you know what? I reject this thought process. I'm not engaging it. 
uh, in the sense of I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna promote it and, and I'm not gonna sit by idly and, and let it be kind of permeated in our culture and not say anything. I have to say something about it because it's just it's so wrong. But um, yeah, you know, listen. I hope this guy comes just to say one day that he's sorry for posting this because it is so ridiculous. Whether he will or not, I have no idea. Um, I don't want to judge his heart, um, but I couldn't see the way he talks. He comes across, in my opinion, a little prideful and a little arrogant. Um, and I couldn't see him ever saying, hey, you know what? After thinking about it and reflecting, um, I figured that this is a really dumb idea. But it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, guys, I mean, I think that there are a lot of good thoughts here. The theology thought's good. I want to go back into, Jordan, what you said eventually at some point about that statement about the uh, the one intention, even though people can interpret it differently kind of thing. But, um this is the coffee theology of Jesus podcast. <laughs> yeah, but we have we I, I have like, like I have like three minutes left, you know. I, I like that this minutes. topic covered all the the names in yeah, our Yeah, that's true. It definitely yeah. did. Wow, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I think this is the first time that we've actually specifically covered coffee theology and Jesus <laughs> yeah, in one podcast. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, Christians out there, if you're listening, um, all I can say is let's not pick molehills to to wage war on. I mean, there are some things that are really worth fighting for that I'm, I think as Christians we're called to do. Fighting for all kinds of life, the unborn and the born alike, that's a Christian thing to, to fight for. Um, fighting for, uh, for uh, I believe, injustice is a good thing to, 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 to plant some kind of flag on. Fighting for the souls of people and introducing them to Jesus and spending that time with them relationally, that is a great thing to fight on. Um, those kinds of things, I think, are 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 just biblical things to fight on. I mean, because you can see them in Scripture. Fighting over a holiday that we invented, that we aren't commanded to celebrate, that our culture really has never made it about Jesus anyway as a whole, just a dumb thing to fight over. It's culture. There are 300 million Americans who live here, and they all come from different backgrounds. And guess what? They have the same constitutional right as we do to celebrate the holiday of their choosing, and that's okay. And guess what? A private business has the right to not celebrate Christmas at all. That is, that's the irony of this, Jordan, is that these are the same people who say, well, the, the bakery had the right to refuse the gay couple a wedding cake, but Starbucks doesn't have the right to not celebrate yeah. Christmas if they don't want to? Yeah. Okay, so I see what kind of rights we're talking about. We're talking. We're talking about the rights that fit into your worldview, but not the rights. At, not rights as a whole. Because yeah. if you really believe that, you would say, you know what, Starbucks, it's your right to ask that I don't bring a gun into your establishment. Therefore, I will respect that. Yeah. But clearly, there's no level of respect there. So, I guess that's kind of my closing thought. Um, do you guys have any closing thoughts as we wrap up? Yeah, I guess just real quick in response to that, just kind of like I feel like a lot of people don't see like their our constitution and like our laws in America as like equality because they're yeah. still kind of caught up in this like, well, we're a Christian nation. Like it's for Christians. The Constitution supports Christians. Not really. I mean, it supports equality, yep. but not the Christian people over anyone else. Absolutely. And that's kind of and, and, and I just wanted to, you know, my last thing just to kind of agree with you that there's so many more important things out there to get riled up, you know, like, and I'm, I've made this point in my Facebook post earlier that like he says that he wants to start a movement for this, which I think is so stupid. Like there's way more things out there that are worth starting a movement over than the color of a cup, a paper <laughs> cup that a five that we spend five bucks to fill with milk, syrup and espresso. If that's not the epitome of a first world Christian problem, I don't know what is. That's what we're arguing over. Hey, this cup that holds my $5 latte that I'm going to throw away in about five minutes is not Christmassy enough, and I'm offended. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Give talk. Ugh. Anyway, I, I don't want to keep going. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there, but I agree with you, Jordan, all that to say. Rob, do you have anything you want to add? I would add that we should all have a more biblical sensitivity. <laughs> all right, go ahead. That our sensitivity isn't because our Christmas cup isn't Christmassy enough. But are we offended when someone comes and actually says something against our Lord? Are we actually offended when someone comes up and actually tries to persecute us for our biblical faith? Not because they didn't hand us a, a, a cup with snowflakes on it, but because they challenge our worldview. And it may not even be in a, in a negative or a derogatory way, 
but we should be able to intelligently and wisely and lovingly be able to defend our view and be able to defend why we believe what we believe. And I think that's something that many people were duped with. This isn't even a Christian cause. This is some guy that's riled up about a red cup. Right. It has nothing right. to do with Jesus. has nothing to do with the Bible. Yeah, I'd like to reiterate that. This is not a Christian cause. Right. Yeah, or a I Christian think that issue. Sums up, right. I think that sums up our distancing ourselves. Uh, from yeah, that. right. I agree. Awesome. Please. Well, uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in. On that note, uh, we're going to say have a Merry Christmas coming up in the next two months. That's the other thing. It's not even Christmas time and already we're talking about Christmas stuff. All right. Uh, all right. I'm anyway. going to say happy holidays oh my god i'm gonna censor that happy hanukkah oh no all right everyone thanks for tuning in so much um please feel free to uh subscribe share the podcast with people that you know um if you have any feedback for us of course you can email us rob what is our email well for the blog it's admin rob no one <laughs> reads our blog <laughs> What is the podcast email? Podcast at coffeetheologyandjesus.com. If you want us to cover a topic, send us an email. If you have feedback for us, send us an email. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you next week. Have a great night.